Hello, my elite friends. Sorry for the delay. I'm in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And after the show was recorded on Friday, there was a tornado on Friday night. And there was a lot of damage. But I was lucky. Nothing happened to me. My car was fine. The place where I stayed is fine. Uh, six blocks away, seven blocks away, there's devastation all around. The internet has been out for 36 hours, so everything got delayed. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to Super Spreading Bitcoin 2022, this week in Bitcoin. Today is already December the 10th of 2021, and I am driving across America in a black Nissan Versa, and I find myself in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Last week I was in West Virginia. Strong hand. I am seeing what's really going on this in this country, baby. Long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. I'm offended by selling. Don't FOMO on altcoins. And yeah, if you're if we're not FOMOing on alts, we're not talking about that freaking guy who pretends that that was news this week. It's not news this week for me that that dude had some lawsuit or whatever, the fake Satoshi. That's the only thing you're going to even hear about it on this show. We're not talking about that here. I don't care if it gets clicks and views and whatever. Hello, my elite friends. You know we got some hardcore freaking Bitcoiners here that we're not going to talk about noise like that. Oh, God, that's so disgusting. I'm going to vomit when I think of it. And that people actually put that in the headlines just to get clicks. <laughs> and people fall for it. All right, so Bitcoin Motorist is making his freaking debut here. Um, and we've got Linear Trav. He's been here before. And, of course, of course, John Vallis. He is a, a glorious dude who I tell John, you want to come on? He comes on in one second. It, it, it's unbelievable. So it's great to have you all back here. Um, you know, when I think about John Vallis, I think about I saw him just in Miami, but it wasn't just in Miami. I mean, it wasn't that it was not that recent now. That was back in June, but it's coming up again. April 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. We will talk about if all these dudes are going to be here, but you should be there. I will be there. Use the discount code Bitcoin 2022. I am pumped. I, I you'll see my Nissan Versa there. Oh yeah, I'm living large, and still people. He only drives a Nissan Versa. He must be poor. You think that? Pound that like button, people. All right, but use the, the discount code Adam10. It is it's linked to below. And yeah, I mean, what am I gonna do? I'm I'm, I'm gonna buy a real nice car and freaking park it in in Bowling Green, Kentucky, or in uh, in West Virginia. You see what happens real quick. Um, but uh, so let's start out with the news. Speaking of, of West Virginia and, and Kentucky, they've got representatives in the House of Representatives. And hey, there was a hearing. There was a hearing this uh, this Wednesday. And, it, you know, I, I can't stand these politicians. But um, oddly enough, they, some of them seem to actually like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and knew uh, some terminology and stuff. And uh, you know, we, we, Brad Sherman went off on it, and we, we will talk about that. But a lot of people were surprised. Um, a lot of people were ready to you know, sell all their Bitcoin in panic when, when once everybody you know said their bad things about Bitcoin. But it seemed like they were more interested in you know you know how many women do you have on your board and 
um, you know, regulating, <laughs> regulating stable coins. And that's great. Stable coins are a shield for Bitcoin. So enough about my take on the freaking hearing. Because that was that was big news this week, and we're going to cover all the big news. So, uh, Linear Trav, what was your take on the hearing? Well, I definitely didn't watch the whole thing. I'm sure you did, Adam, right? No. <laughs> I, um, I don't recommend anyone to, to no. watch the whole thing. No, I did not. But uh, read the freaking articles about it, and 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 watch the highlights about it. But, but what did you? T- what was? What's your overall take? I think the overall take is that there's you can clearly see two sides forming. Um, having a pro-Bitcoin crowd versus, you know, the Brad Sherman anti-Bitcoin crowd. Um, A lot of questions, I think, in both sides were leaning in more, in more, uh, I guess, polarity, really. Um, Though we did have Brad Sherman, I think the biggest (laughs) laughing moment was when he tried to compare Bitcoin to a mongoose, (laughs) saying, well... I think I have his tweet here. He said, Mongoose defeats a cobra, and then Mongoose defeats hamster-like creature. And he's trying to say, basically, the Bitcoin is the yacht, or um, what was it? The uh, MySpace of crypto, right? He's trying to say it's that he wants to kill it, essentially. Um, but it's laughable because it's, it's all going to come back on him. Um, Erica Rhodes is fighting against her, but against him. But I won't go ahead. No, that's the thing. Is it going to come back on him? How powerful is the Bitcoin lobby? I think it's more powerful than I originally thought because some of these dudes are, are now pro Bitcoin and stuff. There, there was much more pro Bitcoin talk than right. I thought there would be. So that was a big takeaway for me too. Is that you know, some, you know, the, I've had people on my show before that you know want to be part of a Bitcoin lobby, and again, I think lobbying is disgusting and whatnot. But it, it, it has to be done on a certain level. So I think the vocal Bitcoin maximalists, the vocal Bitcoin firsters out there, are making a mark. And the Brad Sherman case is it is one extreme. Like, how powerful is the Bitcoin uh, lobby? Can they take this dude out? It, it, it's a very interesting thing. Now I, I'm not going to waste my time on it. I think he's a complete joke. I think, but he has no shame. He has no shame whatsoever. He he's right. putting it all out there. He hates it. He hates it. Keep on going, Linear Traps. Sorry to interrupt. I I think the main thing, you know, that I took away being a non-voter for many years is that if I had to vote somebody out like like Brad Sherman, I would go back to the polls. And I think there's a lot of Bitcoiners that, you know, have been anti-political that would now step up. And I I, I think the Bitcoin wave could take over politics. Yes, I I think it's a a very good point that there are some non-voter Bitcoin people that might be totally triggered by this dude to be like, you know what, I'm getting back into this game or I'm getting into this game. And it is a it is a vicious, disgusting game. All right. Canadian crippler, John Dallas. What do you think? I mean, you've got an outsider view of it. I mean, you can't vote in America. Well, maybe you can. Who knows (laughs) the way things are going? Anyone can vote in America now. But uh, yeah, yeah. what's your take on the hearing? Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch too much of it. I saw some clips on on Twitter and I read the article that that you forwarded over. And I got to be honest, I just don't care. Like I, I, I not. I mean, it's kind of funny. The, the irony is like Sherman. He may be shameless, but he seems to be the only one that really 
gets it, right? Like, I wonder how supportive these people would be if they knew the threat to their, at least the size of their institution that Bitcoin represented. Um, you know, for now, I think a lot of them are just grasping, oh, look, it's, it's innovation, it's jobs, it's whatever, we should be supportive of it. I don't think they, many of them truly understand all the implications, but Sherman may, or he may just be towing the line of his, you know, traditional legacy financial system donors. But um, I don't know, man, I, I struggle to care. Like, you know, you self-custody your coins, you do your thing, like, Bitcoin's going to truck along. It's going to go up and down. And I, I fully appreciate, you know, the people that uh, argue and represent Bitcoin. I mean, also, there's other people there that are representing their own interests that are ex-Bitcoin. And, you know, I don't think that has a long-term future. But I don't know. I feel like there's just more interesting things to focus on. So I, I end up just by default not focusing too much on these sorts of things. It's it may be relevant to like the broader crypto industry far more, but to Bitcoin, I don't think, I mean, regulations can cause friction and, and make things more difficult for people, of course. And so, you know, I, I get the rationale behind engaging the process, but I don't know, man, I, uh, I'm, I'm too Zen for that at this point. I, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Now, yeah, on a certain level, it is a totally, it's a show trial type of thing. There's some people are trying to shame these CEOs and you make a point, these are crypto CEOs, okay? So they, since they have, they're in charge of attack vectors, um, they're in charge of uh, third-party entities that deal with cryptocurrency, they're going to have to deal with regulation. So they're going to have to play this regulation game. And unfortunately, uh, the, Congress is, uh, you know, the, in charge of the regulatory bodies or is intertwined with the regulatory bodies. We don't need to get into the complexity of, of it all. So that we have to have these show trials. Well, they have to, they have to be involved in these show trials here. Um, so it is, if you are running a cryptocurrency related business, this has more to do with you than like for a person like me, I just buy and hold Bitcoin and I have it on a, a third, you know, my own device. So, Whatever Brad Sherman wants to do, whatever his wet dream is, is not going to affect me. But um, if you know, if I owned a company, um, it, it could get pretty nasty. Right. <laughs> um, and he, I just want to point out that he is in California, of all places. And California has been a hub of innovation in the United States of America uh, for quite some time. And it, it's pathetic that uh, in the state that was once associated with, with such innovation that they they deal with, with such a, with such a dude. So it, it, it will be interesting to see uh, what his future is, but he is very confident, obviously that he can get, a, get away with this uh, type of thing. And yeah, yeah, he, 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 uh, he, he's honest about it at least, you know, <laughs> some of these other people might not be. Now, before we get to, to Patrick here, I do, I want to read a quote of uh, so, that someone's takeaway from this on the internet was uh, on Twitter Alex, Alex S. Jones, it's not Alex Jones, but Alec Jones, who's actually from Baltimore, like I am uh, originally, wanting Bitcoin to be nonpartisan is blindly naive. And today's questions by Rashida Tlaib make that abundantly clear. Decentralization, energy usage, and sound money are incompatible with far left values. Now, I will say this, the, the far left seems to be obsessed with energy usage, and, and we will get get with that. But I cannot agree um, 
that that Bitcoin is 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 nonpartisan. Uh, that that it, it it's not nonpartisan. Uh, again, if if Rashida Tlaib wants to declare her uh, her intentions of starting a a Marxist revolution in in the United States of America, and she wants funding for it. Well, she, she's not going to be able to get, you know, PayPal won't let her do that. I mean, they, even they will cut her off there, but the only way she'll be able to do it is through, through Bitcoin. Okay. So in, in that sense, it it is nonpartisan. Now, are are there some, so, so they are, the leftists who seem to have a uh, not, you know, favorable take of Bitcoin, a lot of them just don't like it because they think the other, it helps the other side. And in fact, it helps everyone. So in, in that, that's why it's not, it can help anyone. And that is why it is truly nonpartisan. Okay, so I, I get what the dude is saying there, but I, I just wanted to point that out there. That there are some leftists that are just against Bitcoin because they think it helps the other side, and they have to be, and that it's a zero sum game. It's not a zero sum game. It can, just because some people you don't like are getting rich off of it doesn't mean it can't help you in your times of desperation. So, Patrick Motorist, what was your takeaway on the hearing and, and Brad Sherman? Well, I think you guys all made really good points, and I'm going to give my opinion on on, on what transpired. But uh, let me just quickly say first uh, that I was really excited to find out, uh, Bitcoin Meister, that you're motoring cross-country. I've motored cross-country many times, and uh, it's a great way to see the nation, uh, most recently on a Harley-Davidson. So so I, uh, so ha- have a good time, man. Enjoy enjoy seeing parts of the country that most people just fly over. So that's great to, to hear that you're doing that. It's a very good experience. I recommend it to anyone. Um, so uh, regarding, um, I think John Vallis made a really good point to say that he doesn't care. Uh, a lot of this stuff is not really relevant to you if, if you're just a bitcoin hodler if you just stack sats a little bit at a time or or, or lump sum whatever it is however you do it uh, most of the stuff doesn't really affect you especially if you're putting your stuff in cold storage like uh, like bitcoin meister is uh so uh, uh the, the people that are actually concerned about this are these companies you know whoever they are whether it's coinbase or ftx crypto uh so a, a regular uh, over overburdensome regulations would hurt these guys more than it would it would hurt just a regular bitcoin hodler someone who just uh stays humble and stacks sets so i, I don't really think uh, most Bitcoiners have much to worry about. However, I will say this about Brad Sherman. Um, the fact that someone like him can can go uh, and say all these outrageous, um, asinine things about Bitcoin, um, he, he needs to be challenged. And the fact that he's being primaried by Erica Rhodes, uh, Lydia Trav mentioned Erica Rhodes. Now, again, I'm, I'm an anarchist. You know, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not a big uh, political lobbyist, uh, but... Um, if you, uh, I'm, I'm from Southern California, even though I'm in New Hampshire at the moment, I'm from Southern California. So I know Brad Sherman's district. It's in the San Fernando Valley, what they call the Valley, uh, you know, where the, the, where the term Valley girl comes from. So, uh, I'm talking to my friends in the Valley and, and letting them know, Hey, make sure you support, <laughs> support this girl. I don't know if she has a chance, uh, to, to unseat Brad Sherman. Uh, but, uh, but I think it would be great because she's saying all the right things. She's talking to Bitcoiners. She's saying all the right things. Uh, who knows? Maybe she'll turn into another Brad Sherman, but the fact that Brad Sherman can lose, that's going to be, cause he's in a, he's in a safe seat. That's going to be headline news. And the headline, I guarantee you the headline is going to be 
anti-Bitcoin congressman loses seat. And we want that headline. We want to send that shock, uh, that, that shockwave through Congress that if you go out there and run your mouth and say stupid stuff about Bitcoin, uh, you know, you better you better watch your back. And regar- uh, regarding um, this, uh, this Alec Jones um, saying that, you know, well, Bitcoin is obviously um, uh, uh, political. It's obviously partisan. He's so he's sort of right, but he's also sort of wrong. So I think that a, a Republican who goes out there and says anti-Bitcoin stuff will be hurt more than a Democrat who goes out there and says anti-Bitcoin stuff. So when when Trump started slamming and he's still slamming Bitcoin, that's just a huge unforced error on his part. Um, however, um, I think that uh, Democrats are playing a very dangerous game. If they decide to, you know, make, stake their claim as we're going to be the anti-Bitcoin or even the anti-crypto party, um, it, it's it's actually more of a danger to Democrats than it is to Bitcoiners. So, uh, so, so while Alec is correct, um, he's he's. What the, I think the part that Alec is missing with his tweet is that if Democrats are anti-Bitcoin. That's not a, a bad thing for Bitcoin. That's a bad thing for Democrats. They're the ones who are going to get hurt by it, not not uh, uh, not Bitcoin or Bitcoiners. All right. Ex- excellent points there, my elite friends. Hello, my elite friends. And good reference to the Valley Girls of uh, <laughs> Valley Girls. Yeah. So like- let's, let's, uh, let, let's move it up the coast a little bit because Frat Castandini just sent $5 from San Francisco. And he's looking at those San Francisco guys, not those Valley girls. Hi, Adam. Greetings from San Francisco. You are number one in the Bitcoin space. No one has stronger hands than you. Well, thank you, Frank. And I'm hoping you're enjoying uh, the beautiful scenes up there in uh, in uh, the city of San Francisco. No Valley girls up there. You got something different. You got some sailor guys up there. I know you're liking that. But $5 you sent to me. Thank you for the support. We only need 15 more dollars for me to be able to do another one Bitcoin show next week. And I forgot to say that at the beginning of the show, you can PayPal me at adam at trezorhelp.com. And I also, besides thanking the great Frank Castandini here, I wanted to thank uh, last week we had uh, uh, Crypto uh, Miner Kevin uh, for his generous support. And Eric Eric, thank you, dudes. Now we only need fifteen more dollars. And uh, okay, so let's 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 move on. Oh, I also want to say uh, there's a dude, Paul. He is in motion. He has a Bitcoin Christmas story book, uh, audio book, audio story, whatever you want to call it, or audio tale. I link to it below at Amazon.com. I'm Jewish. I didn't listen to it. I, you know, I have no interest in Bitcoin Christmas stories whatsoever, but I know a lot of people, it's that time of year and you like Bitcoin, you love your Christmas bush or whatever that you do. I don't know what you darn do on the 25th. I'm working my toughness off on the 25th every year because I'm freaking in motion. But those of you, it's it's a funny little thing. And Paul, it, it, it just shows you anyone in this space, can, there's so much opportunity. You can make a freaking Christmas Bitcoin story and you're part of the movement, dude. So Paul is below. It's linked to below if you guys want to do a, the, uh, the, the the Christmas story thing. And uh, I know uh, happy Christmas. I guess it's in a few days or something like that. 15 days. You've got 15 days, people. I got no days because it's nothing for me, baby. Pound that like button. All right. So uh, we talked about the Bitcoin lobby and uh, – Let's talk about uh, all right, uh, Patrick. You, you, you. Uh, I, I alluded to this uh, beforehand, but there, there's an article that's going around now 
<laughs> and we this is like a different version of it. But the, the, the white nationalists have uh, d- done well off of Bitcoin. You know, the, there's some so-called white nationalists that bought it a while ago and that they become rich off of it. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of people that bought it a while ago that, that got rich off it. And there's also white nationalists that have used it as a funding mechanism. But as I've said beforehand, if you're some wild-eyed Marxist, you can use it as a funding mechanism also, okay? And uh, I... Some people are saying, well, this is this this white nationalist FUD is going to now take over for the environmental FUD. I disagree. I think we have to be more concerned about environmental ESG type of FUD than, than this type of FUD because ESG type of FUD could shut down the whole freaking world, for God's sakes. So, uh, Patrick, your, your take on all this. Sure. Uh, so um, one thing that, I, that you should really look into is what the source is for this story. The source is a group called the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, which uh, which I think a lot of your listeners can can already be familiar with. Um, uh, they have been sued so many times for um, uh, incorrectly labeling people as white supremacists or members of a hate group. Um, one time, and they they've even had to settle and, and make public apologies for including people. I mean, almost anything can get you on their list of, of being part of a hate group. I mean, if you're against uh, the war in Syria and you say that uh, that a Assad did not gas his own people, that that was, you know, um, you know, there was something fishy going on with that gas attack because he had no incentive to gas his own people and he had nothing to gain from doing it. And he had all everything to lose. And there's no evidence that he actually did this gas attack in Syria. If you say something like that, you're considered a conspiracy theorist, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. And because you're a conspiracy theorist, now you're in, you're promoting fascism. It's just some weird, convoluted, uh, you know, twisting to try to to label anybody they disagree with as part of a hate group. Um, so so uh, besides your obvious point that well. Just just because some white supremacist benefited from it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I mean, if a white supremacist uses a cell phone, it doesn't mean cell phones are bad. Obviously, that's the obvious point. But there's more going on here. Another thing is uh, uh, is um, is is that it seems like they're just upset that they can't cancel these people. It's like um, we we can't just uh, you know we can't just lobby Coinbase or we can't just lobby Amazon uh, to turn off the the service for, servers for Bitcoin. We can't just uh, uh, complain on Twitter a couple of times and get this thing shut down. So it's kind of funny that they're complaining that they can't that these people are uncancelable. It's like they're they're actually advertising. I know they're trying to denigrate Bitcoin by saying it's it's connected to white supremacy, which it's not. But they're also sort of advertising one of Bitcoin's best virtues, which is which is you 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 become uncancelable if if you have Bitcoin. There's no way to turn off your account if you if you're hodling your own coins, uh, just like a uh, Bitcoin Meister mentioned earlier. Um, so. Uh, so that's part of it. Another thing uh, that I think is most people don't even consider, even a lot of Bitcoiners don't even think about, is um, is is they, they talk about oh these certain addresses are you know connected to th- these white supremacists, and who knows whether they're really white supremacists or whether they're just people that the Southern Poverty Law Center disagrees with. But but um, the the fact of the matter is is that a Bitcoin address. You can never prove for with 100% certainty who owns a Bitcoin address. If I send coins to an address and I control the keys to the address, I can say, yeah, I own the address. But let's say I share the keys uh, with John Vallis. Now, who owns it? Or, or let's say I publicly post the keys somewhere. Now, who owns that address? Do, does that, is that address still belong to me because I'm the one who sent coins there? Or what if multiple people have keys? So the, this idea of, of these Bitcoin accounts, the, these addresses, um, the idea of Bitcoin ownership, I think it's it's actually a very, very um, philosophical question that I think um, a lot of people haven't even thought about, even 
a lot of um, regulators haven't thought about because um, uh, you can pass laws about, you know, capital gains and things like that. But if you if you can't prove that this person owns something just because they have the private key, do they actually own those coins is 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 the question that I think is a very interesting question. I think it's something that most people, even Bitcoiners, haven't even delved into to, to think about. It's a very philosophical question of, of what is ownership in Bitcoin. Well, it seems like something that a lot of lawyers would like to get in on the action on there. You're talking yeah. phil- phil- philosophical, I, I'm thinking legal, legal wise also. Mm-hmm. There's, there's different interpretations of who owns what and, and, and whatnot. The lawyers can uh, entangle that, untangle it or tangle it up as much as they want to there. Um, but again, control your own private key, people. And uh, I, I do want to say uh, Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, they, they've definitely went down the tubes over the years. I think they used to probably be a better organization. ACLU has really gone down the uh, the, yeah. the tubes, much worse than they have. Uh, you know, you know, everything needs to be classified as, as fascism now. I mean, it, the ACLU spoke in theory, uh, was supposed to, if, if a fascist wanted to, to speak, they were supposed to give them the, uh, support them. Uh, now, now they will not. And I know that seems disgusting for some people, or you, you, a group that wants to help. It, the ACLU was about letting anyone speak. It's, it's freedom of speech, people. So yes, fascists should be able to speak in, in the United States of America. Deal with it. They don't like me. I don't care. They should be they should be able to speak now. But but some of these supposedly freedom fighting organizations have totally lost their mission. Yeah. The EFF is another one that they've gone downhill mm-hmm. uh, uh, along with the ACLU. That's yeah, and that's a shame too. That that's it's it's, it's a that's a, a darn shame. I I want to before, before we stick with this topic, I I want to make a, a correction and a big thanks out there. The great Frank Castaldini. And I, I sometimes I pronounce his name wrong because I'm from Baltimore and I've got a Baltimore accent. Um, he said 15 more dollars. So, dude, we are going to have a this week in Bitcoin, not a this week, a one Bitcoin show next week, along with a this week in Bitcoin show next week, because the great people at Bitcoin Magazine who love to promote the Bitcoin 2022 that we will be at on April 6th, 7th, 8th and 9th. Um, they sponsored this week in Bitcoin show. And you guys, you guys like Frank. Castaldini, there, me pronouncing it right there without the Baltimore accent, uh, support the one Bitcoin show. So we'll do that next week. Oh, it will be fun next week. I am pumped. Uh, I, I am so pumped. I can tell you about what I saw in the streets of uh, Huntington, West Virginia, something that was very shocking. All right. Uh, going uh, because, you know, it, it's so funny. We're talking about white supremacists and they, uh, you, you, what you hear from the media. And part of the reason I'm driving across the country is to show you that, you know, it, it's not a, a country filled with white supremacists. OK, you know, in what I saw it was, that was so shocking in West Virginia was the opposite of white supremacy. And I, I'm just going to, you, know, you watch the show next week, we'll talk about that. But John Vallis, what do you think about FUD, uh, energy FUD versus uh, ver- versus uh, white supremacist FUD? W- what, is, uh, what is more concerning? Well, you had an interesting comment a few minutes ago where the energy FUD could like literally shut down the world and that would be problematic and probably more so than people screeching about white supremacy. But I do find it, you know, Bitcoin treats everybody the same, right? And people that are used to uh, constructing a narrative, basically having a hissy fit, everything, thing, every time things don't go their way, every time people or institutions don't adhere to their ideology, they have a hissy fit and they try to maneuver and, and shape the narrative in a particular way. 
And what Bitcoin just says is, no, we treat everybody the same. I don't care what your ideologies are or anything. And, you know, that's that's the, the benefit of it. And you got to accept that you got Bitcoin is money for enemies. And, you know, in a time where uh, narrative is, I mean, in many cases, probably has superseded or at least greatly influenced the law. It's really great for another institution like Bitcoin to emerge where that can't happen. You know, because I think the reason why they, they get so upset and they have such a hissy fit is because we exist in a society today where they're used to their narrative, which they construct, being able to influence the law, which is completely antithetical to the whole purpose of law. Like, to be honest, I don't care if you're white supremacist or racist. I'm probably not going to, uh, you know, hang out with you and talk because that's a pretty divergent issue. And I'm, you know it's probably going to create friction between our perspectives. But if you're not breaking the law, I don't care what opinions you hold. But we, we, we exist in a society today where that is by no means the case. Like if, if you even expressed a view tangential to something that's even remotely non or off narrative today, you can be canceled, you can be derided, you can be whatever, you know, and that's, that's goes against the whole purpose of, of having a, a legal system that's you know, well, having a legal system, right? And, you know, the, the Rittenhouse thing recently was a good example of that not being the case, right? Like you have the president and everyone downstream of that uh, characterizing that issue a particular way. And, you know, it seems like justice was, was properly served. The process was carried out properly and, and, and it seemed like justice was served. Even me saying that is probably controversial to some people. But the punchline is, is that I, I love how Bitcoin... Its rules can't be broken and it has a you're you're able to establish an ownership relationship with it such that you can you can avail of those immutable rules. And that's great. Whether or not you're whatever ideology you may hold, Bitcoin's going to treat you the same. And in a time when the legal system is not doing that, I think that's a very valuable thing. Yes, we have thought crimes today. And then we have people that try to interpret what other people are thinking and then brand them criminal, bring the thought crimes to them. Like they don't even express their thoughts, but they're committing crimes because people think they're thinking certain ways. It's it's absolutely insane. But for me, the beauty of the for yeah, it is money for enemies. I love it. Pound that like button again. But uh, for for that saying, but uh, you, you cannot uh, you cannot be censored because of your thoughts. Uh, these these third parties. Can uh, you know you think a certain way, or they think you think a certain way? You're not using their uh, their financial tra transaction mechanisms, okay? So, I mean, once we get Fed coin in the United States, if you think a certain way, uh, perhaps they won't allow you to use Fed coin. That would really suck, wouldn't it? But uh, with Bitcoin, uh, you could be the biggest thought criminal in the world, and it, it, it can't be, and you can send it to another big thought criminal. And it can't be stopped. It can't be censored at all. And that is that is a, a, a beautiful thing. And I really hope uh, more people on the left and, and there are plenty of people on the left that do that, that do understand that now. OK, and, and we've had guests on the show who have, uh, you know, we, we had a professor from uh, Wyoming who, who, who was talking about that, uh, who, who's on the left side of the spectrum. And, and, and some people are, you know, they, it, it, it can be valuable for everybody in, in, the, in this in this day and age when everybody's so freaking sensitive. Um, but but money is the ultimate uh, freedom of speech. OK, and uh, don't 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 get into a uh, a financial paradigm where you're stuck 
where it, it, it can be uh, where your freedom of speech can be uh, taken away from you in, in terms of money. So let's uh, let's go to uh, uh, linear Trav. Uh, we, we've said a lot here about the uh, you know ESG uh, and white supremacists and censoring. What, what's your take on all this? I think the irony of of all this is that them trying to quell their speech and using the banking system as an enforcement arm against that, that actually caused them to probably go to Bitcoin in the first place. Yes. So it's not that they're, I mean, they might not be a big Bitcoin fan at all, you know, but it's actually freedom money. And so it, you know, it's even funny, Brad Sherman talking about the mongoose. Well, they're building their own mongoose, you know, not only is money, money printing causing a lot of people that are in search of a lifeboat financially, when you have these groups try to quell their free speech, you know, um, they're, like you said, um, Bitcoin is the ultimate freedom, freedom money, not just financially, but also, you know, with what they're trying to do in their... I mean, like we said, we don't always agree with them, right, John? We might not see eye to eye on most of the things, but it is the freedom money and Bitcoin removes their muzzles. I think in that's an audience. amazing point, Trev. Very well yeah. said. They they forced them into this and then now they're complaining that, oh, the, these people went into Bitcoin. It's like, cry harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would have... As, as, as everyone can see, I've tried to bring up the, the energy, you know, environmental uh, FUD that's uh, and compare it to the WN, the white nationalist FUD. And we all of us naturally go to ranting about the, the W, the, the white nationalist FUD. And it, it's I, I want to point out that yeah, it is it is we're all four, it looks like we're four white guys here, although the, the WNs wouldn't consider me a white guy. But and that's a very interesting point, too. But it's you're it's it's really bothersome on a certain level to be called a racist because you use bitcoin but we have to get out of that emotional aspect of it because i i really i i can't stress this enough it is the for me it's the saying that bitcoin um that destroys the environment is something so many more people are going to easily pick up on and if they do pick up on it, it, it can really be a hammer that these statists are going to use against against Bitcoin and and especially other other cryptocurrencies. Uh, but we, I, I just think Bitcoiners have the opportunity to nip this in the bud right now before it really threatens the progress of the world. Because if enough young people, and, it, and to, to me it appears it, it already is, there already is, there are enough young people right now. It is their religion that every single thing on earth is destroying the environment. And thus we should no longer have progress. We should go back to the Stone Age uh, and, and just live these very simple lives, not get on planes anymore, because the environment is priority number one. This mythical earth. It, 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 the is priority number one. We are nothing. We humans being, pro, you know, living a long life, a long, happy life uh, is, is nothing. It is, it, it's for the collective. It is for, for the earth. 
and we will elect leaders and join political parties that, that really want to take us back a step. So for me, the, the, it is, uh, you know, there's all sorts of different FUD out there. In, in the end, it is all noise. But if this becomes a dominant part of mainstream culture, which I think it's very close to being, um, the whole world is in, 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 in for a lot of hurt, okay? And I keep on saying this, this is a golden age we are entering. It is an age of innovation. Um, but the forces that are psychotic at this point can do their part in slowing down the innovation and that, that could really be detrimental to so many people's lives. It could really shorten people's lives if, if we really start adapt, adopting a, a, as a, a mainstream culture that the environment is the religion. So uh, but before we leave this topic, I just I, I want to give the, the panel an opportunity to, to comment on uh, the, the environmental FUD and what it could possibly do to Bitcoin and, you know, that Bitcoiners have an opportunity you know, if you if you ever encounter it online, you know, speak the truth. It is not, it is total nonsense. It is it is total nonsense. Um, uh, the because it's it's right now there are a lot more people that are convinced that are probably like yeah it, it, it isn't a white nationalist coin, uh, but they'd be more prone to saying yeah it is destroying the environment. Your mining is destroying the environment. You should be sh- stopped. Brad Sherman should shut you down. Okay, so there, yes. uh, uh, ESG, any of you guys, take it away. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start real quickly. So so uh, I'll confess, the reason why I didn't really mention the ESG is because the, the WN stuff is much more easier to debunk. Uh, but uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you this, um, uh, you know, when I, whenever I, I uh, fuel up my car or, you know, right now, Adam, while you're motoring across the country, I don't think we even stop ever to figure out how, how much of a miracle that is that we can use this energy and effortlessly just travel, uh, you know, ourselves, uh, go from point A to point B, something which 100 years ago would have been a huge chore just to go five miles would have been a huge chore. And you're able to effortlessly go maybe 300 miles a day and, and not even not even get, get tired from from doing it. Uh, I think it's just a miracle. So uh, I think that the way I approach it, I don't know if this is the best way to argue it, but the way I look at it is energy use is a miracle that has actually uh, advanced human civilization. And it's it's the thing that's going to save us all. If, if humanity is going to survive, um, you know, some whatever apocalypse you want to think of, it's going to be done uh, through optimizing and through using energy far more efficiently and far more um I guess acutely, I don't know if acutely is the right word, but basically you don't create energy. The way what we're able to do with fossil fuels and with nuclear power and with everything else is we're able to take the energy that exists in the universe and kind of focus it more and more and more sharply into one place to, to be able to, to cause a, a whole uh, power grid to, to turn on. And I think it's just a great miracle. I mean, lots of people have written about this. Uh, uh, I wish I could remember the name of the book, but there was a book written about how fossil fuels are basically uh, are, are saving the environment. Uh, Alex so, Epstein? Was it Alex Epstein's book? It, it, may, it may have been. I think so. But He's yeah, a good uh, one. He's a good one to follow people. And then also there's the other, there's the other argument that uh, I usually make, which is uh, that uh, Bitcoin is actually going to save the environment because it incentivizes um, saving and disincentivizes con- uh, consumption, which is fiat, the way the fiat um, economy is going. Uh, when, you, when you get fiat, you actually are incentivized to consume it or to go into debt. Whereas with Bitcoin, you're more incentivized to save 
uh, and to and to delay gratification. So it's kind of a more of a long-winded uh, argument, but to me, that's what clicks for me. So that's what I try to tell people who who say that Bitcoin is destroying the world, and I say no, actually, the fiat monetary system is what's destroying the world, and Bitcoin will save it. There you there you go. And by the way, you know, you, you mentioned about filling up your car. You don't think about, you know, th this modern miracle. I will say this during my travels across the United States of America. When I was just in, in, in Dallas, I was right near Love Field. And when I would run, because I run all the time, I was doing my sprints. And I would see those Southwest planes taking off like one after another, after another, after another. I was just so, I was proud. I was proud to live in this, in this world where we, we get, and they're of course being fueled by by fossil fuels. I mean, that a hundred years ago there were no planes. I mean, it, it's. It, it, I don't think there are a lot of people that that take pride in in in, in just the and it's just commerce. You know, people traveling. It, it's 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 progress. It's commerce. It's all sorts of stuff going on. And uh, I, I I do consider those Bitcoin moments. Bitcoin Bernoulli, uh, Bitcoin Bernoulli on Twitter and Clubhouse. He's a, he's an engineer, and he did a calculation. He told me once. He said that when a seven forty seven is taking off at the moment that it's taking off from a runway, it is actually using the same amount of energy as the entire city of San Francisco. He said he ran the numbers, and he's like, "Whoa! It's like it's actually." almost exactly the same of a 747 when it takes off at that moment, it's using as much electricity as the entire city of San Francisco. It is a miracle that that thing is, is able to take off using that much power. Yeah. Well, it's, and, but it, it's, it's with power is progress. Okay. So people don't be paranoid that we're using all this power. And you, you also made a good point. It's so much easier to debunk the, the WN stuff, but mm -hmm. don't, if you, you only have so much time during the day on Twitter or whatever, if you, if you have to choose between one and the, the other, Choose the, the the environmental stuff just to, to just reinforce that point because there's so many people that are convinced that, that it, the environment is the religion now. Um, but uh, John, any you're you're the one who, who agreed with me beforehand that said you know yeah if if, ener if not enough energy uh, is used uh, the whole world's going to go to down the tubes. But uh, any more thoughts? Yeah. Well, I, I just think this has been fairly deeply ingrained, and I think this is going to have to play out and. It's not even about the energy. Bitcoin could be 100% hydro, solar, wind. It, then it would become a matter of Bitcoin using energy that could be used for better purposes. And so in that case, then it becomes a matter of, well, how much do you value Bitcoin? And the people that say that it could be redirected for better purposes effectively value it very little. And that's, you know, very different from, from our view. And I, I don't... I don't think there's an easy fix to that. Bitcoin has to do its thing and it has to mature and it has to keep revealing and showing uh, the solutions that it does provide people. And those solutions have to become increasingly made aware to people. And I, I don't think that happens through persuasion. I think it just happens like person to person persuasion. I think that happens through the course of time where this solution becomes more developed and solutions emerge on top of it and it becomes more apparent. Its value becomes more apparent, apparent over time. And then sentiment will kind of shift, but you know, we are way down the road of a lot of people, like you said, kind of having this um, environmental and global catastrophe thing be like one of their core driving things. And uh, I, 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 it, it's been blasted into their minds for like a decade or more. And I, I don't think, you know, you could, you could talk to these people until you're blue in the face about all the different things that we just mentioned and much more. And I don't think it's gonna have much impact. So for my time, I don't spend much time trying to persuade anybody either in my personal life or in Twitter. I just try to engage this thing and be a part of its 
uh, maturity and part of its development and part of its uh, um, increasing surface area so that its value can be more easily observed and it can be more built into the world and and it, and it may still not be enough right like there's a lot of crazy people that, that think the world is is like on the precipice of disaster and I think it seems like that's not the opinion of anyone on this panel um, but I don't you know Bitcoin's probably going to have to put up with that FUD for a while. And I think it will handle it properly because it's always just going to say cry harder. You know, <laughs> that's, what, that's what Bitcoin says to everything. And uh, more and more people will start to get it. And as, as has been happening for the last 12 years, you know, like more people, it just clicks for more people. And then they start, you know, they start acting it out and they start contributing in some way or they start using it for a, a, a valuable purpose and that makes it more difficult to just say oh it's a completely valueless thing and therefore all the energy devoted to it is is wasteful so very very good point there there are a lot of people in this world i mean if you watch the mainstream media uh, you, you would think the world is about the end i mean there, there's so many negative stories out there the world is not about to end but there are i, I, can, I can scream it until i'm blue in the face but there are plenty of people that believe it. They, they really think, and it's just so sad. I knew this is a bigger topic, that there are young people out there that, that they think there is no future for the world. It's disgusting that people have bought into this narrative. It really is. It's, it's, and, and you're caught at the, I mean, they, they compare you to a, a, a denier of the, uh, I can't say the word. I wish I could say the word. I, I know what you're, what you're going to say. Of the H cost. Back yeah. in, in the you're a denier. You're a denier. Yeah, you're, you're a denier. If you deny climate change, you're just like denying that uh, the Germans did uh, horrible things. It, no, no, no this, is, this is crazy uh, that we've we've come to this level. But okay, I've taken away from Bitcoin for a. a, a it's, it's so it's so disgusting that I can't say certain words on YouTube. But I mean, this is their platform. It's it's un unbelievable. Okay, uh, let let's uh, let's go to uh, li linear trav. Uh, environment the the world of world is ending uh, and bitcoin i mean i know what you mean though about how they're bringing up these kids today my you know i've got i've, I've got kids in school and it's um it's difficult to fight the fud there so obviously the, the battle that we're fighting with bitcoin is is a huge battle but kind of like john said it's you know it's through the individual hearts and minds both for Bitcoin and the environment in general. Um, but here's the other thing I was thinking of. So let's say we do, you know, prove that the environmental aspects, you know, Bitcoin passes it, like you said, 100% renewable. And even the social aspects, like with Jack Mahler's fighting for the financial um, uh, freedoms for everybody on the earth. Let's say you even get past that. It's the governance part that they still won't get past. They want to govern. And the fact that Bitcoin has 21 million and can't be messed with, that, you know, you could have all the other good positive use cases and examples and responses to their FUD. The governance, there's no getting past that at all. So, you know, you could spend until you're blue in the face on the E and the S, but the G, it's going to get you. 
Dude, that was a really good conclusionary remark for the ESG topic right there. There, it, it, there are some people that will never get uh, over that, that they cannot control it. There are such control freaks out there, whether they be in the Congress, whether they be in, in the private industry. But what I, what I tell them, what I will tell them and encourage them, just fork off. Make your own. Compete. Don't complain. We'll see how good your freaking ESG Bitcoin does. It will make us holders richer once we get your free fake ESG Bitcoin. All right. So John's going to have to go pretty soon, but I want to get his take on, uh, you know, I, I alluded to before the last time I saw John in person uh, was in Miami. And John, uh, will you be returning on August, uh, April 6th, 7th, 8th and 9th in Miami of 2022? Yeah, excluding any, you know, special circumstances that may pop off. We live in a, a weird time right now and things are more uncertain than ever. But absent that, I'll be there, man. I'm, I'm super pumped. The last one was incredible. Met so many people. I mean, it was so good to, to actually just meet Bitcoiners. And especially the, the prior 18 months or so, we'd all been, you know, locked various forms of lockdown and stuff like that. And to, uh, to connect with so many like-minded people that, you know, you're just immediately on the same wavelength with and you can just talk about anything, really. I mean, they become friends almost instantly. Uh, it was such a special experience. And, you know, this year it seems like it's going to be, you know, two two or three times bigger. I think they're, they're planning on having a capacity of 35,000. It's going to be right on Miami beach, which will mean less. I stayed on there last time. And so less tax, less Ubers and stuff like that. I think it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm pumped, man. I know they're going to blow it out of the water. They're going to do all sorts of crazy stuff to, to make it extra special. But again, I mean, take away all that stuff. And the best thing is just hanging with Bitcoiners. I mean, I I was in the grounds 90% apart from the time that I was emceeing, I was on the grounds just, hanging out with people, didn't go to the, the kiosk, didn't go to the speaking sessions. It was just hanging out with Bitcoiners and it was phenomenal. And, and that is exactly where I met you in some hot ass tent. Oh, I just said a bad word. You know? no, that's I remember those tents. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, in one of those tents out there um, and just there's John in, in person and you're, you're the same guy. And, everything. and John was pretty busy last June because uh, I think three and a half weeks or three weeks after I saw John at, at Porkfest. So he was... Uh, so it was great, great to see him uh, make it over to Porkfest as well. Last yeah, week. I mean, yeah. you couldn't get back into Canada, right? Was that the, I mean, Canadians, may it be easier this year on you. I'm praying for you. 30,000 people are going to be there. Hopefully many more Canadians because some Canadians didn't come down because it was such a pain in the toughest to get back up there again. But uh, Well, I left, I left Canada to go to the conference knowing that I wouldn't be back and I, and I haven't been back. So, yep. you know. Oh, yeah. wow. That, yeah, I, I knew that too, man. And yeah, the other ones had to find magical, I'll fly in the Calgary where they don't do, I mean, there was so, everybody had a gimmick or I'll drive across it from Vermont to get back. I mean, ugh, it's nonsense that Canada, Canadians are awesome. They're the same as us. It's it's so ridiculous. We have these different rules. It's so, it's, it's really, uh, anyway, uh, 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 let's go to Linear Trab. You actually have to go soon too, but uh, what, what's, are you going to be in Miami? You weren't in Miami and no, what, I wasn't. I wasn't last year. I, you know, with famous situations, I, I've not been able to go. But um, and actually, I'll be traveling around the country for my son's baseball. But what I do want to do, I do agree with John um, that getting to meet uh, Bitcoiners, no matter where they are, I think is huge. And in any, we finally have a meetup. I've been trying to get a meetup together. And um, this Wednesday is our third 
Indie Bitcoin Meetup. And I'd like to publicly invite you, Adam, since you're so darn close. I think you should, you should come up to Indy <laughs> and come to our meetup. Oh, wow. So I should get in my Mayflower truck and <laughs> go up to Indianapolis. Does anyone get that illusion anymore? <laughs> anyway. No, it's a day trip. Or it, stay, stay one night. That's all you got to do. Uh, man, I, I haven't. Uh, well, I, I thank you for the invite. I, that, wasn't, that wasn't on my, uh, you know, maybe when I'm coming back the other side. You know, because okay. I got to make it West Coast. But dudes, if you're in Indianapolis, go to the event and uh, follow all three of these guys below, by the way. They're all linked to below. They are all awesome. A linear Trav is involved in all sorts of technology and stuff too, to, to beyond this. But uh, but yeah, uh, Trav, you got to go at four o'clock. Are you? Yeah, you go uh, I do. And uh, okay. Good to be on. Thanks again, Adam. Good talking yeah, yes. to you. Yes, and good luck to your son's uh, baseball, dude. I'm glad. He's playing. Uh, that's a great sport to play, man. Let's get back yeah. to some tra traditional stuff here. I, my He's favorite way more talented sport, than I am. So it's 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 that's my favorite sport is baseball. Although I made a football illusion with the Mayflower trucks. Does does anyone get that yet? Still. Anyway, yeah, okay. Hold, hold <laughs> there you go. Pound that like button. We in Baltimore, we don't forget, baby. We don't forget <laughs> what happened. All right. So uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Trav. Uh, John, how much longer do I have you for? Are you out of here too now, or? Uh... Uh, yeah, I got a. I pretty much got a bounce now. Okay, okay. So it's gonna be it's gonna be me and well, any anything you want to promote real quick before you go. You got the podcast and everything, please, but promote that. Yeah, I mean, I host a podcast. It's called Bitcoin Rapid Fire. I also help CT out with their uh, podcast and uh, you know Twitter and all that jazz, normal places. So, okay. but thank you, Adam. It's always a pleasure to hang. Yeah, uh, boys, great to hang with you guys. Motor, it's good to see you again. And uh, hopefully, we'll we'll be able to connect in the new year somewhere, Miami or elsewhere. Yeah, yeah well, I, I know we will. I will definitely see you in Miami, man. So pound that like button. Uh, th thank you for being on. And hey, if you want to see these, do again. Motorists, I'll be in Miami, right? Yep. I'll, I'll be in Miami too. Yeah. Okay. And we're, I'm going to be some other place too that I was going to talk about here with you shortly. I think you're going to you're be in Las Vegas on. That's uh, right. on uh, so we're we're both going to be in Las. If all goes well, yeah. we'll, we'll both be in Las Vegas on uh, March. Uh, was it March third? March third through the sixth, I believe, is unconfiscatable. Uh, so the tickets are on sale right now on unconfiscatable.com. Uh, but though the price is about to go up, so so grab those tickets before the prices go up. And there's going to be a poker tournament there, axe throwing tournament, carnivory dinner, um, and not only is Adam Meister going to be there, but so is Adam Back. And uh, last time, Adam Meister and Adam Back were sitting right next to each other, so I have to be very careful. I didn't want to say Adam because I don't want them both to turn. If I wanted to talk to Adam Meister, I said, hey, Bitcoin Meister. If I wanted to talk to Adam Beck, I said, hey, Dr. Beck. So I wanted to, I had to make sure to uh, uh, to not not say Adam. I had to say Bitcoin Meister yeah, or Dr. Beck to, to refer to them both. <laughs> All right. So it's But the main days are the fourth and the fifth, right? That, that's uh, yeah, the, that's the main. I believe so. Yeah. The main, main two conference. days are the fourth and the yeah. fifth. There's and like a free day and there, there's a, there's an after day where there's a pinball tournament and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's Sorry to interrupt. I'm gonna bail. Great Later, to see, John. You Good to see, you see ya. See you guys. Well, we got we're keeping Bitcoin Motors and I are, are keeping this show alive. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I'm the D in Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to it. I enjoy that part of town much more so than the strip, to tell you the truth. Um yeah, just, old Vegas. Yeah. That's old Vegas. I think about Sammy Davis uh walking around there, no doubt. Uh 
you know, Dean Martin, uh, womanizing, who knows what was going on back in the day there. And you, and anything goes in Vegas, you know, I value my wealth in Bitcoin, but if you, if you want to value your wealth in women, there's, there's a, there's plenty of that going on. Speaking about valuing your wealth in women, I, I do want to say, uh, Brie Fit Dance is in the house. She's a beautiful Bitcoiner. Mm. She does the videos. Uh, she does tributes to, to big guys in, in the Bitcoin space. Be it Sailor, she made a tribute for me. So follow her on Twitter. You know, I've re I've retweeted her many times, but uh, that's one of the lovely ladies of of, of Bitcoin. Now, yeah, Vegas, they're lovely ladies of all all sort all sorts there. So yeah, yeah, we got so so Vegas will be in March. Miami will be in April. April. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I, I you're the the unconfiscatable. Uh, uh, one of the they gotta they gotta get back to me some of the unconfiscatable i've been dming them about about some specific things i haven't haven't bought my uh i haven't ha haven't bought my hotel uh uh a ticket yet at, at at hotel reservation at the d i'm trying to figure out how many days i should be there for and, and everything but but also with my with miami the two main days it, it goes the sixth seventh eighth and ninth are the middle two days the seventh mm -hmm. And the eighth, so I want I want to put that about. But some people, the, there's the, the Miami. There's the, the the last day of Miami is a big concert. So I mean, there's different different packages you can get with the Miami thing. Tones event, unconfiscatable, is a, a little bit simpler. It, it's not going to be thirty thousand people there, uh, but it's it is so hard. Not this year, maybe maybe in the future. Not <laughs> it, it, it gets it gets real hardcore at Tones event because mm -hmm. um, right. you know they, at, at the end you have the. Uh, with the scammy the scammy awards i almost forgot about that that was like that was super fun uh the scammy awards were super fun because we got to roast a bunch of shit coiners and no coiners there it was so much fun i'm looking forward to this year's scammies too i have some ideas of who should be nominated i have a couple of ideas of who should be nominated for what award so it's going to be fun to see who gets nominated and who wins uh who wins the scammies well, well obviously i mean one guy that was nominated last year that'll be nominated uh this coming year is the the one that we can't talk about on today's show no, because probably his, not. Name is, his name has been on the news but uh, it, it's fun to hear his name mentioned at Unconfiscatable because people start, you know, going crazy, booing. I mean, that was pretty fun. The post party at the bar, um, it was that was a wild time. That was uh, when they were doing the uh, when they were doing the scammies. There were a lot of boos and a lot of scream. Everyone was getting out the. Uh, yeah, the crowd was rowdy. I'm, I'm telling you, it was, it was very rowdy. And what's interesting is that there was an online voting, so you could vote for your for your for uh, for the losers or the winners online on Twitter, you could also vote in person. So if you showed up to Unconfiscatable, you also had a vote. And the final vote was an equal, um, they took an equal amount of, of online voters, of, of voters in person and voters of the speakers. And what's interesting is that the in-person voters and the online voters matched on every single category, except for one. There was only one category where the, where the online voters disagreed with the in-person voters, and that was for Rip, Ripple. <laughs> So Ripple won an award uh, because the online voters were were way more than the in-person voters. But it's funny because I think it was just a bunch of Ripple bots who went in there and voted for Ripple. Now, now remember, winning an award, award means you're a loser. So, exactly. So just, 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 just putting it out there. Again. No okay, big so loss. That, that's, and what's her fate? And remember, um, I, what, what's her darn name? She was in an evening gown. She looked great. Uh, yeah, Leah Walt. The evening gown look was, was beautiful. I mean – yeah, you got some and, and we got i think i think this year the the crypto couple i believe is hosting the scammies if i'm not mistaken i hope i didn't speak out of turn but that's what i think tone told me i believe the crypto couple is going to be hosting the scammies this year last last time it was uh it was tone and leah hosting and they did a great job too so i'm looking forward to 
to, to that. Leah in the evening gown. That was mm-hmm. that was beautiful. All right. She had three. She wore three different outfits during the whole day. I, I pointed this out last year. I mean, you had also. Yeah, uh, yeah also, Leah's great. She's, yeah, she's, yeah. Well, she's running. Um, she's running Valkyrie, which is uh, which has that uh, Bitcoin ETF, which uh, is really exciting. Okay. Yeah. So now I would, there was one more topic here that we didn't get to cover here. Mm-hmm. And um, well, there's two. Evergrande. I, I, mm-hmm. I just want to point this out here. Um, this Evergrande real estate thing in, in China, you know, I don't give a rat's tuchless about freaking Chinese real estate. But people have for quite some time have tried to say, well, if the Chinese real estate goes down the tube, the whole world's economy is going to go down the tube. It does. Bitcoin is going to go down the tube and tether and Bitcoin are intertwined with the Chinese economy. Uh, You know, it's such BS. So this week, Evergrande defaulted as expected. And the Bitcoin price did drop some, Mm. but then it came back up again. Who cares? It is it's short-term stuff. We are long-term thinkers here. No one is going to remember yeah. Evergrande. I know. Everyone, I bought the dip. Everyone knows Bitcoin. So I don't know if you have any uh, yeah. opinion on this. Not, not much. Same same thing. I'm, I don't really uh, follow this. I'll, uh, the only thing that I'll say is that I remember before I got into Bitcoin, uh, so we're talking back in 2011, 2010 days, I remember thinking to myself that China is the future of the world. It's going to be the future of the world economy. They're going to be the next economic superpower. So I remember um, thinking that I needed to learn Chinese uh, back in 2010, 2011, before I got into Bitcoin. Uh, but I think, uh, and and even as, as late as 2017, maybe I would have told you the same thing. But I think the way that China has reacted to Bitcoin uh, says that they've kind of cut themselves off from that opportunity. I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't really see China as being this future uh, world power like I did uh, if you had asked me 10 years ago. Um, I, I really don't think. And I think this is just more evidence of it. I think it's just a, a bubble. And a real estate often leads to a bubble. There's this something, uh, I think it's called the uh, the skyscraper index, that whenever some um, country or city builds the, the tallest skyscraper, they immediately go into an economic downturn right afterwards. It happened in New York City, uh, you know, after the Empire State Building was built, you know, we had the Great Depression, you know, it happened in Dubai after they built the Burj Khalifa Tower, they had, a, they had an economic depression right after that. So um, I think that this is just more of that, uh, you know, this, this is extravagance and overconsumption and, and, and too much debt that they don't know what they're doing to, to just build and build and build and and to show off to the world that we're this big superpower we have all these look at all these buildings we're building and it just turns into just another collapse just another uh debt bubble they've cut down on freedom that's their problem that, okay? that too that's and a big the part reason of it. they have done it is because the, the control freaks in charge don't they don't care about the progress of, of the of, of of the common person in china you know they 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 claim to be communist or whatever they want to keep their power they love control top-down authoritarianism and they want to keep up the image that they're successful so that other countries fall in line and mimic them if other countries mimic them then they have a you know they have greater say sway over the world and the last few years we've got all sorts of people falling for this this chinese propaganda that what they've done lately is good what they've done lately has hurt them not letting their people if they let their people have true economic freedom and let them be in the bitcoin they wouldn't be in charge anymore they, they they'd be voted out they'd be gone but they would be an economic powerhouse okay but no they as they become more restrictive the economy has gone down the tubes more 
And yes, restricting Bitcoin is is quite a horrible move on their part. It keeps the people in power over there, though, temporarily. Mm-hmm. But it, it'll all come back to backfire on them. Yeah. Uh, it, economic freedom, uh, individualism, that is the accomplishment. They are not about individualism and they are not uh, they are about restricting people's economic rights over there. You know, it, you can't own Bitcoin. That, that's no, no long-term thinking there. It's short-term thinking among the, the elites in China. Yeah, it, it definitely, definitely. And now they do have some long-term plans, but they're, they, they, they do not properly incorporate a long-term thinking into their long-term plans. They are, it is definitely short-term thinking, but just again, we're, we're laying down the basis of why you cannot overreact to anything in China um, so, yeah, Evergrande, what, what goes on with Evergrande stays in Evergrande. OK, mm-hmm. dudes, it is not bringing down Tether. It is not bringing down Bitcoin. All the different things that I've heard. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't um, hear any about it. I just I just saw that the price was down and I just I was like, oh, my God, the price is down. Let me stack some snacks. Yeah, I mean, the, the price, what people expected uh, that once Evergrande collapsed, that it would bring it'd be a horrible collapse in Bitcoin. And that didn't happen. Mm. And that wasn't going to happen. And uh, sure, some people sell the news. Let them sell the news. Let them let them be traders and, and pay short-term capital gains tax. Have fun being a C-U-C-K to the, the, the IRS, okay? Right. All right, because you were scared of China. You become more of a C-U-C-K to the IRS. You're selling and buying and this and that and the other. All right, and and finally, I wanted this, the, the Michael Saylor quote that I wanted to uh, share uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin strategy has one hundred x our brand value, and w- w- what he's saying is that uh, using uh, the, incorporating Bitcoin into their uh, activities, you're know, buying all this Bitcoin. That was their Bitcoin strategy has a hundred x their brand value, and, and and I agree with that. Like no one would have heard a freaking micro strategy. If they did not get 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 on the Bitcoin train, and yeah. that's that's just one industry right there. Yeah, that you means, hadn't heard of it before. I mean, I hadn't heard of it before. No, right? no, I didn't know what they did. I still don't exactly know what they do, but I know they're the Bitcoin company. So there are so many different industries out there where if you want to become a leader in your industry, just get on the Bitcoin train. But use it, and you'll be the you'll be the biggest name in your your darn industry. Okay. And so I think there is a lot of marketing power, brand awareness that can be used by third parties by just jumping into on, onto the Bitcoin uh, train there. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I do, actually. That's a very good point that you just made. But here's the thing about, about the Bitcoin brand is MicroStrategy got a lot of um, promotion out of out of buying Bitcoin. Um, and then. You know, and then the second company was Tesla, I guess. They got a little bit, they got a little bit, a bit of a bump, and there was Mass Mutual. There was a few other ones. But the, the point of them is, is that the first movers get the most advantage from doing this. So the earlier you, you jump on the Bitcoin uh, bandwagon, uh, the bigger your bump in, in your, like, like, for example, El Salvador got a huge Bitcoin bump because of the Bitcoin brand. The next country that does what El Salvador did, they'll get a bump too, but it, it won't be as big because because they're they're going to be second. You know, they're following, so they'll be second fiddle. So this is uh, how do I say it? A zero sum game. So 
uh, if you're, uh, you know, if you're some corporate exec that's thinking about incorporating Bitcoin into your company, somebody like Apple or, or whoever, um, you know, if you wait too long, eventually you're going to do it anyway, but you're not going to get that huge Bitcoin balance because at that point, every company is going to be a Bitcoin company. Every country is going to be a Bitcoin country. Well, this is the, it, it depends on the spin that your marketing people put onto it. OK, mm -hmm. uh, because you can put paint yourself in a completely different pie. Let me give you an example. You're, you're right. El Salvador, they, they were the first country on earth. But if you're a European country, you can spin it with your spin. We're the first European country. And that that could be quite uh, – so that's why I was saying in, in what industry, you know, there's still plenty of industries that, that other companies haven't jumped on the train yet. So you, I'm, I'm the first one in uh, personal computing or whatever it may be, whatever industry – uh, so there's a different spin you can take. How good are your marketing people? And and uh, I, I I always I, I've got that marketing brain here. Uh, and a lot of people uh, you know don't think about the the marketing aspects of Bitcoin. So indeed, I, I on, on a certain level it, it may be a zero sum game. Um, you know for 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 the first movers, but it, you you could paint yourself as a com a completely different type of first mover. Um, you know, defining, depending on how you define your industry or you define your country or whatever. Uh, so there is a, you know, we're the first first world country to, to get into mm -hmm. Bitcoin here. So there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of different takes you can have on it, but it does it does help your brand is is the bottom line that I think we, right. we both can we both can agree on with that one. And so uh, you marketing people incorporate it into your brand. Let it, let it help your brand and let's see how good of a marketer you can be and how, how, how big of a spin you can put on it. All right. Uh, I think that's all the, uh, I, uh, the, Hey, they, they announced that the inflation was higher than they thought it would be today. Again. Um, and Bitcoin price went up for a little bit, then it went down. Let, let me, let me say this. The bottom line when it comes to inflation in Bitcoin, it doesn't matter what the news tells you, it matters how many people realize inflation is really going on and how many people want to protect themselves um, and thus are buying Bitcoin. That, that, that's what's going to help the price of Bitcoin. Not, not that that some news organization announced the freaking obvious, well, the obvious to the 20 percenters. Um, what really helps Bitcoin in terms of inflation is when the people that are getting wrecked by inflation turn their dirty fiat into Bitcoin. Um, so th th that that's that's my take on the news today. That th there was some release that hey, it, the dollar inflation was worse, and and Bitcoin price went up on that news. But mm -hmm. it, it should really go up on people acting correctly in their self interest. Most people don't act in their self interest when it comes to inflation anymore because they believe the talking heads that say inflation is good and uh, the, it's happy inflation, and they should just go along with the, for the ride. And uh, that that ride is going down the freaking yeah. inflation is good. If you're in a bunch of debt, uh, then then inflation is good. So for those people that, you know, that's fine. It's inflation is good. But if you if you're uh, someone who has long term thinking and you have a bunch of money saved uh, because you're thinking about the future, inflation is really bad for those people. So hopefully a lot of those people have switched over to Bitcoin. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Any any closing thoughts, anything you want to promote that you're involved in? Uh, um, yeah, just uh, just see you guys in Vegas at Unconfiscatable. So check out Unconfiscatable.com. Follow me on Twitter, Bitcoin Motorist. I'm on Twitter, uh, Clubhouse, um, under the Telegram, under the same handle. 
And uh, and then it will, obviously we'll, we'll be at Miami as well. So see you guys over there and come say hi. Uh, and uh, this is Whitney. She's been jumping up. She's really curious whenever I talk to someone, um, you know, on the computer. So she always wants to see who I'm talking. To, so she always jumps in my lap. So uh, you know, say say hi, Whitney. And uh, um, and then uh, obviously in the summertime, um, uh, I am involved in Pork Fest. So we got Pork Fest going on. So look into that as well uh, once uh, June rolls around. So they have a they're gonna have a Bitcoin uh, stuff over there at Portfest. Yeah, we had one last year. We had a Bitcoin lounge. It was great. John was there. John Vallis, who was just on with us, he was there. Um, uh, you know, we had a lot of great Bitcoiners there. Tone obviously was there. Um, you know, um, we had um, um, <laughs> uh, we had Peter Saint Ange, who's who's uh, who who writes for for the Mises Institute. He, he as an economist, he was there talking about Bitcoin. So it was it was a great it was a great event, and we're gonna try to do it even bigger this time and surfer jim he was there last year he's coming back again this year surfer jim was amazing uh, at the at the bitcoin lounge so yeah and, and, and if you want to stop by uh uh bitcoin meister we'd love to we'd love to have you as well, Dude, well I'm, again i'll be I, i've got the car now i've got the black nissan versa baby Ooh. all right and uh you know you mentioned surfer jim he did the triple crown last year i guess because he was in miami he was in new hampshire and he was in vet well it wasn't last year it was 20 Tony's last event 2020, 2020 yeah in Vegas well he uh, yeah 2020 it was yeah 2020 he did uh unconfiscatable that's right and then and then 2021 uh yeah was uh yeah, there was so. no there was a yeah they, I love unconfiscatable uh in in Vegas it was February the end of February of 2020 right when people started getting worried uh, but dude I got on a bus I was hugging people and yeah then, then people marched you took around. a bus from LA to Vegas a Greyhound bus you took a, a bus from. I took a bus from LA to Vegas too. But it no, was no, no, a, no. That's what I said. You took a bus. I took a bus. Yeah, I thought you said you did. No, 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 not me. But but the but I've taken that. I took that bus one time. I can't believe you did that. That was such a bad experience for me. But you you did it because you wanted to come to Unconfiscatable, and I love that about you. you oh yeah, I mean, it was the uh, it was uh, it wasn't Greyhound. It was the it was the comp the worst one. Um, it's a European based uh, company. And it's, it's unbelievable. I, I took it. I, I arrived there at like three in the morning and uh, I hung out with someone at his place. And then I, I left at midnight. So I was only in Vegas for less than 24 hours, but heck yeah. If I was in LA, I was coming there. This year is going to be a little bit easier. I'm going to be driving my car there. And so, yes, I look forward to seeing you in person in Vegas, in Miami, everybody. These, these events are, are really, really fun. Super spreading Bitcoin 2022. Again, a reminder, your discount code is below. Maybe I'll have a discount code for the Vegas thing. To, I don't know if you guys will hook me up with that. Who knows? But we'll There's no vaccine for the Bitcoin virus. Oh, pound <laughs> that like button. And, and, and reminding everyone, there's, if you want to, I'm not, I don't want to speak for tone or whatever, or, or for, for Bitcoin magazine, but, you know, being at these things in person, nobody cares if you wear a mask, you don't do, I mean, be your own self, okay? Yeah. No one is checking your ID. These are real events. I mean, they are as they always were. And and that's that's why I call this show Super Spreading of Bitcoin 2022, because after that event, the mainstream media, or after last year's uh, Bitcoin 2021 conference, whatever you want to call it in Miami, there were some of these fragile little mainstream media writers that were like, I couldn't believe hardly anyone was wearing a mask in Miami. And there were 10,000 people. And guess what? Nobody got, I mean, 
Were there any plagues afterwards? Did I drop dead afterwards? No, of course not. But they were they were trying to paint it as a super spreader event, and it was not. And it, it did, you know, my own family members were were paranoid when they they heard that I was at a super spreader event. They were worried. They were. It, it was just disgusting. But in in reality, no. Be yourself at these events, and, and that's part of the fun of it. You know, hanging out with people, being your real self, not having to worry about these freaking screaming Karens. There are no screaming Karens at, in Vegas at the, the Vegas event or at uh, my at, at Bitcoin. Well, actually, at Bitcoin twenty twenty two, there's so many. They, they are a few as the media people. Some of the media people are screaming Karens, so I, I, I correct myself there. But the the, the overwhelming majority of people. Uh, that will be of the thirty thousand people that 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 pay their way into it. No one's going to be a screamer. And I've, I like I, I've went, gone to all three events that we were talking about: Porkfest, Unconfiscatable, Bitcoin uh, Miami. All three of them had a had a blast. Didn't have a single bad experience in any of them. So, uh, so if you're worried about coming out there, you're worried about someone you know having a bad experience. It just doesn't happen. You just hang out with your ten thousand of your closest best friends, and you're all best friends because you all like Bitcoin. 30,000 this year. All right. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend wherever you may be. I'm looking forward to doing two shows next week if all goes well. Thanks to, to Frank and everyone that supported us today. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister. Do this, Meister. Subscribe to the channel. Pound that like button. You get a you get something here every darn week thanks to Bitcoin Magazine. Come to the event in March. Discount codes in April, I mean. <laughs> Discount codes are below. Again, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. See you later. Take care. Thank you, everyone. All right. We're ending it there. Let me end it on this end.